Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Man, oh man, do I have something to share. Quick question for you. If I were to ask you, what does an ideal life look like to you, feel like to you, how do you envision an ideal life? Does a picture come to mind? Is there a certain person, a certain scenario, a collective items of tangible items? Is there a feeling? Is there a dollar amount? Are there certain people? Like, what is it that comes to mind when you think of an ideal life? And are those visions in your mind, are they the driving force for your daily activities or your short-term and long-term goals? Are these things pretty much the carrot that makes you continue to run the race of life? And I ask all that because I had a tremendous shakedown on most of my ideals. I believe that trauma especially early childhood trauma or any early trauma, in my opinion, if our brain doesn't particularly grow to its full capacity until after 23, 25-ish, to me, anything prior to that point is early trauma. You understand? But I feel like what early trauma does is it makes people put certain walls and ideals and defense mechanisms is pretty much what it is, but it makes you put these things in place to say, this is what's going to make a better life for me. This is what's going to make me feel safe. These are the things that I need in order for my life to feel fulfilled, right? And so if there was no money in the home, for instance, when you were younger or on the early portion of your life, that could possibly be your driving force. It's money, 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 chasing whatever the next dollar is, trying to climb up the career ladder, trying to get to the next pyramid scheme, trying to, it's just, you know, buying the latest and the newest because you didn't have when you were younger. It is this fixation on I will have everything that I want. Money will not be an issue because at one point it was, and maybe to the detriment of my reputation, Maybe I was embarrassed. Maybe, you know, I looked at other people and said, man, it must be nice, you know, to have such and such. And so that little disappointment era, you said, as long as you are able to work, breathe, and ask a question uh, and make up a resume, make it look pretty, yeah, money's not going to be an issue for you. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, you used to be a little bit on the bigger side of life, you know, earlier on, and nobody wanted you. Okay, you had a little bit of a Mike Jones situation where, you know, back then they didn't want you, but now you hot and they all up on you, you know, you know, and now you just find yourself being in at all the newest and latest parties, what have you, you entertaining any and everything. And because it finally feels good to have people knocking on your door when you couldn't even beg someone to sit on the couch with you. You see what I'm saying?
Like at one point, was it that you had to beg a parent or your guardian to attend whatever school activity you had or whatever the game was and you felt unsupported? So now you feel like you have to be everything for everyone because you didn't feel that when you were younger. So what you did is you made this inner vow that as long as people are in your life, they're going to be supported. And so what you don't even realize that you're doing is you're trying to recreate the support system that you never had. And probably don't even currently have. What is it that comes to mind when you're like, that will be an ideal life? I'm going to go ahead and pour a little bit of my tea. You ready? And if you tell anybody. Okay, I just want to make sure you heard the grit teeth. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, people be slipping up on pillow talk or real late night or when they sleepy. And I want to make sure that you're not talking about this grandbaby, okay? All right, I digress. Let's keep it moving. I realized that I had early trauma I had a household that was uncomfortable for me and I think a lot of great things happen from that and and can we just pause there a lot of we, we don't really give a lot of shine to the fact that no what you were raised in build you for tough Like, I believe that everyone's childhood or all of their collective experiences is pretty much building you up for the armor that God needs you to have for the particular assignment that he has over your life. I don't believe that anyone goes through an experience and it's just like, man, I feel bad for you. No, no, no. You needed that so that you can then have this heart to advocate for people. You needed that so that you wouldn't be walking around here naive all your life. You needed that so that you can go ahead and want to help somebody when they're down and out. Because until that particular emotion was felt by you, you were like, man, I don't like this. It's embarrassing. It's whatever. You needed to feel that to align with the calling that God has on your life. I don't believe in wasted wasted experiences. There's no such thing. You went through that particular car wash before a particular element to be stuck on you so that for the rest of your life you can see through this lens. God takes glasses, and I'm using that as an analogy, so flow with me, and he customizes it to your face. It may not fit on your face right now. If I were to put my glasses right now that I wear daily on a six-month-old, it's going to fall off. It's not going to fit exactly. But he knows the customization that's needed for your face. He knows the lens that you need to see through in order for you to follow through on the calling he has for your life. Until Paul, who was once Saul, had fish scales put on his eyes and then they fell off, His vision wasn't where God needed it to be to fulfill his assignment. You understand? Like God has to, yes, he renews our minds, but sometimes he needs to renew your sight, how you see a thing. So he had to go ahead and blind who was once Saul and say, "Uh uh-uh, this killing Christian thing that you're doing, yeah, you're operating on the wrong team. I love the tenacity. I love the go hard. I love the fact that you you see it all the way through. Like like Saul wasn't no punk with it. It wasn't like you think that we should. It was like let's kill them. <laughs> okay, we're gonna do it now on the count of three. Y'all ready? Okay, one. Looking around like two. You know, he he was very 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 steadfast in what his assignment was at one point, and God was like, ah, I need that, but you're seeing it wrong. So on his way to Damascus, he had to go ahead and put fish scales on his eyes, blind him for a little bit, 
Let me go ahead and, and, and customize your lens, sir. Because the way that you're about to see for the rest of your life is going to be aligned to what I have over your life. So don't let those moments of like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let those moments get you down thinking like you were just life's punching bag. That is the that is the most demonic. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take me where he's wanting to take me. That is the most demonic thing that the enemy could try to make you believe. That you was just born to just be all the way down all the time. That you was just supposed to operate in hardship. You know, most of that is cultural. Some cultures, you're like, yo, this is the best it's going to get. You know, my grandma went through such and such. My mom went through such and such. My dad went through whatever. And so climbing it, the ladder, just one or two steps more than what the last generation did, you feel like we made it, but it's still the same level of hardship. Why are you still grinding like that? Okay, if we free, then why are we not free indeed? Because that's what the Bible says, right? And so a lot of that is we got to do things differently. We got to get to the point that we're like, okay, I'm not going to grind. Like, I don't have nothing anymore. I'm not going to. There's just certain things that I'm just going to do differently so that me and my descendants shall live. Sounds scriptural, doesn't it? Because it is. You understand that? All right, let me get back on what I was going to, what I'm talking to you about. So I understand that. The traumas that I experienced in my life made me put up some defense mechanisms. Particularly the way that I'm wired, I don't like being unpleasantly surprised. It seems like in my childhood and then in my early adulthood, before the brain was all the way developed, there was a lot of, oh, no's and all of that. You know, I don't have enough to pay, whatever, and oh, my goodness, and they're doing that to my car, and another bill, and oh, my goodness, I didn't know that due date. It just seemed like, oh, my goodness, was just a a theme song that I didn't really want to be a part of. You understand? And so what that produced out of me was a planner a planner who planned all the way to the decimal point, all the way to the elemental P, all the way to the point that when I planned something, I just didn't plan how it was going to go. I planned how people was going to respond. I planned uh, what my reaction would be with multiple, you know, if they respond this way, I'm going to respond that way. But if they say that, I spent a lot of time in my emotional bag and I didn't need to stay there as long as I did. But I understood later on in life why I did it that way. If I have a savings account of this much, then I'll never be. Uh, oh, no. If I have, um, if I only allow people in my life this far, then, you know, nobody can't hurt me. And it, it was a whole bunch. You know, now that I look at that previous version of me, I get it. But I feel sorry for that version because that edition of myself was scarred trying to hide behind band-aids and masks, not realizing that the more that I suffocated the womb, the slower it healed. And any good physician of any magnitude would tell you, you know, you don't wear a particular garnish or wrapping or something all the time. You have to give it some time to breathe, some time for the body to do what it's naturally supposed to do, some time for the earthly elements to just go ahead and just, you know, maybe some sunshine would do it. Who knows? But a lot of the times I've, you're rarely 
very rarely hear doctors say, keep this on for the next six months, unless it's a cast of some sort, and even that comes off. And then what happens when you take that cast off, or when a particular person takes that cast off? That skin is so brittle. It's a different color. It itches. It, it, it looks fragile because you suffocated and covered something for so long to have an external outer shell that looked like it was hard when we, and which you didn't realize that you did was you slowed down the growth inside. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So the last couple of weeks, uh, God has been shaking my world. I'm talking about earthquake, like shaking my world. And I realized that for the first time in my life, I no longer look at something like, oh, every time I turn around in something, I'm not going to turn around anymore. I'm just, I'm over turning around, sir. I, you, I'm not doing that no more. Now I look at it like, God, you really want me to get something. And you want me to get that thing expeditiously, T.I. on it, if you will. And so if you are bringing this to my attention at the speed and the pace that you're bringing it to my attention, then it calls for me to really hone in and change this thing about me. There was once a time that if anything disrupted my day, ugh, it was an emotional day. My day was contingent. My mood was contingent on external factors. And when I realized that, I would go ahead and, you know, get on the phone with you and I might put on the repellent. And, you know, I'm, I got all this visionary analytical things. To, mm, I got these analogies and I'm throwing them out. And what it really, that was cute, but that wasn't what God was trying to drive home. What he wanted to drive home was, I am the source of anything that happens in your life. And if I allow it, it's because life is happening for you, not to you. To you is very victim-y. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's very victim-y. You know what? I'm glad that happened for you. You deserve it. It is a much different feel. And the Bible that I read in Romans 8.28 on my Bible app says uh, all things come together for, okay? And so I choose the latter part of me not being the victim. And I realized that previous me used to get to the punchline of, you know what, God, I'm just going to go ahead and cast my care. But I used to get there worn, crying a little bit it's not maybe it's not bubble I, I'm not gonna put my business in the streets okay but it was very you know what I did everything I could do it's nothing I just I can't and then at that point it wow it worked together it, it came about it was resolved God has yet saved the day again here he comes like he's done it again oh my goodness and then another situation later you know what? I just feel like, and that's because, can I be honest with you? Can I be unveiled? Like, seriously, if you got me on speaker, can you take it off real quick? Something in my heart believed that because I had such a rough start in life, that I was owed a easier, uh, later on a ladder life. Like I went through so much 
some was some because of my decision making but most of it was like listen this was this was given to me <laughs> when I came in the equation these were the parents you gave me this was the household I had to live in like most of that was given and I was brainwashed to believe that if a portion of your life was really really difficult then you were owed a peaceful life after that like the you know when I read Job I think I took it a little bit too much to heart that the former was greater than his latter and when I read that I remember and I'm a little embarrassed to say it but I remember saying to myself um all my hardships were before me like after this is done (laughs) yeah God you can go ahead and invest every cry every tear every uh prayer every disappointment all those things that I had yeah go ahead that's my down payment on me going ahead and having paradise for the rest of my life and I promise you that was my thought Oh, no, 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 that's not happening. I, I already had a bad childhood. You ain't going to about to give me another a, a bad adulthood. I'm not, it's not. And I believe that. So when things would happen, I was like, what? Bruh, what you mean I can't get this job? What you mean I, hold on, wait a minute. This is 22. <laughs> I really had a problem with it. And I think that in my ignorance, God pacified me in that regard. It was like, okay, I know that's what you believe now, but once I make you aware of how it's really supposed to be, you're going to go ahead and drop that. I finally get it. I have had situations in the last couple of, let me just go ahead and tell you what the situations were. One, um, I bought a new to me car. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't, it's not at all updated but it's new to me okay but a used vehicle so that my son can take the car that I was driving you know a little listen doing better than what parents did for me you understand okay so don't at me okay just want to make sure you wasn't looking at me funny and bought it at a decent price I'm not gonna put no don't look at me I'm not telling you bought it at a decent price okay don't be judgmental bought it at a decent price and so I had a week coming up that I wasn't going to have to be at work. So I was like, cool. I'm about to take the vehicle, go get it inspected, go get all the bells and whistles, get the repairs. I have bought some stuff for eBay, for some on eBay. Shouts out to the eBay grandbabies because some things came super fast. And I know you're not a part of nobody's Amazon Prime, so shouts out to you. But um, got everything that I, you know, just put a little flair on it, this, that, and the third. I had a detailing that it was going to be uh, scheduled a couple of days later. And I had, I mean, my week was very much so, Packed and planned. You understand me? I'm talking about booked and busy. You understand? Dropped my car off Monday morning at 9 o'clock. By Tuesday afternoon, I'm like, I'm I'm on my Adele flow. (laughs) Hello from the other side. Like, where's my car? (laughs) Dude. Do I need to say dude in front of it? Like, bro, where is it at? And the lack of customer service was an irritant. That's number one. Because I'm used to a certain caliber of customer service. That's always the quickest way to irritate prior me. I'm not going to claim it now. Prior me. So lack of customer service. Disruption of my plan. Had to last minute figure out the surroundings of like, okay, so how do I do? And okay, so husband's going to drive me and drop me off. Okay. Finally get the car back. Okay, great. Um, Monday, a whole week later. <laughs> one week later 
but now I'm resumed. We're back at work now, right? Okay. Tuesday took the car early in the morning and said, I'm going to get my alignment and my tires rotated because that particular location that was at last week didn't do that. So I was like, I'll drop it off in the morning. I'll get it in the afternoon, right? They was like, yeah, we'll try. Tuesday afternoon, I'm calling, and they were like, yeah, so you need this, this, and this. So all I heard was cha-ching, 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 very on the Mr. Krabs flow. I was like, oh, okay. So after that, um, irritant number three, uh, disruption in my finances, don't do that. No, I count down to the decimal point. I am Scrooge McDuck. I am uh, Krusty El Crabbo. Do not touch. What? No, I already allotted twenty dollars for this transaction. Would you, you, you going, you pulling the decimal point way over there and c- come back, sir? So I was like, mm, okay, a little bit of deodorant wasted, not too much. Disruption number four: You won't get your car back to Thursday because we have to order the part and we have to do this that that. Okay. Uh, disruption number five at work. I don't like being behind on anything. And, um, prior to the week of being off, uh, I automatically was behind because of information that I wasn't privy to. So my standard was just one thing to be behind on work because I just didn't plan. It's another thing to be behind on work because you wasn't made aware of something that disrupted what, what again? church your schedule but this time it's at work so I'm like ooh, more disruptions okay that's not gonna work uh my son decided hey I'm gonna go ahead and do something different from Monday and Tuesday he wouldn't be in the home he was visiting relatives so what are we getting ready to do with the fur babies oh what is my other irritant I don't like last minute planning especially in the morning So I was like, okay, so I have to take both of the fur babies and I have to take them to daycare. What I'm trying to illustrate to you is that for a person that packs and plans, you leave very little room for disruption. So that disruption automatically becomes frustration and a disappointment. So that you can then feel the elements of, ah, people are annoying me, and they don't do it the way that I would, and blase blue. And what that means is you will go the rest of your life walking down this emotional path of, of emptiness because you don't know how to cash your care. So I literally was sitting there, and I said, God, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I dare not start to hold on to my ideal of what a peaceful life looks like and what a rich life looks like because obviously my ideal and my ideas are being shaken by you and the moment that I said that he was like now you're getting it and I was like sir can you you said you're talking loud and they hear you I'm on the phone okay um he was like that's what I've been trying to get your attention on this last couple of decades, okay? And I was like, God, don't come for me. What happened? He was like, no, real quick, because that was exactly what I, what I was trying to get to you. And the first thing that popped in my spirit was go to John 10.10. I was like, okay. He was like, I need you to read that. I said, okay. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy 
My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He was like, cool. Now you read from the NLT version. Read it from other versions. Okay. You know, OG King James Version. Okay. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Okay. Read another version. Okay. NIV. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He was like, okay, so I'm picking up rich, satisfying, abundantly, full, all of these other things. The way that you see your life and the way that you're conducting your life, is it manifesting those things that I spoke about life? Like your ideals, does it match what God is saying life should be? And I was like, okay, give me a little bit more because I think I know what you're saying, but I kind of, he was like, okay, let me explain something to you. Now, automatically, I don't want the people who Bible thump be like, uh-uh, that's not what that means, but just flow with me. Luke 17, Jesus was talking to them about what the coming of the kingdom would be and what it would look like on the day of rapture and all those other things. But there was one particular verse that really just jumped out at me that I was like, oh, Luke 17, 33. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. Whenever God is using a term, I want to know what you're talking about. We just read That the way that he describes life is rich, is satisfying, is abundance, is to the full. And if your version or the way that you're walking out your life right now is not in alignment with that, then you fall victim into that particular verse of you have clung to your life, your ideal of life, and you're losing what God intended for life to be. You are losing peace. You are losing your tenacity. You're losing your motivation. You're losing it. Like you are losing it because you see wife as a, as a certain display. She should look like this. You're losing it because you look at husbands like they should do. And then who gave you that ideal? Who gave you that? You look at how a job should be paid and how much you should be paid. And, you know, until you at this particular title or tax bracket, then, you know, you shouldn't really be, you know, you should be a little bit embarrassed a little bit. No, 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 no. Your house should look like this. Your car that you're driving should look like this. And all of these ideals that you have, that you are clinging onto, is making you lose your life the way that God intended for it to be. Do you know how hurt I used to be by trying to pray about a relationship that God was like, you're going to cling on to this boy. <laughs> you're going cling to cling on to this boy, and he's going to make you lose the most precious things that I wanted you to have. I wanted you to have a heart that was healed. I wanted you to have a peace of mind when you go to sleep at night. I wanted you not to be humiliated because of what he may or may not be doing. I wanted you not to come to me to be crying about nobody that I didn't bring to you. I wanted you to have a such a different picture, but you clinging on to something and you're losing the picture that I have for you. There were jobs that I tried to stay at. 
that I'm like, God, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door and I can't, how can I excel and get a, get to this particular tax bracket or this title or my career vision for myself? How can I get there if I'm not given a chance and nobody is hiring and this, that, and the third, and you getting all these frustrating things and what you don't even realize is that, listen, everything that you have right now is what God deemed that you need right now. So it's not that nobody's hiring because you can get a job. I mean, you really could. It's how low you want to go, okay? But it's the fact that you have an idea of what a job is. And that's okay because I always used to be like, listen, when I walk to my car, I want to be proud of where I just walked out from. Point, point blank the period. That was my deterrent from most jobs and, not, and saying no and not accepting that particular offer. But my thing to you is, like my last job, I tried my best to stay there because it looked good on paper. And I lost so much from staying there longer than what I was supposed to. I lost my peace. I felt like I was talking about the job more than I was talking about anything else. As a matter of fact, I felt like most of our conversations was based on that previous job. Like, it was just really like, oh, my gosh. Like, it, it, it was disturbing me. I was getting Monday blues. I was getting, like, low-key heart palpitations on Sunday. Like, I do not want to walk into this place. Like, it was becoming a thing. And then I just said, you know what? I let go. I walked out. Didn't really have a complete plan. That's not everybody's story, but that was mine. And had some particular offers on the table. Kind of had an idea of what I wanted. The most obvious choice to me was not the best choice. So I chose something. And I'm like, okay, God, we just, I went ahead and I, and I sought counsel on what my next step should be. Because wise counsel also directs you and cultivates you to where God wants you to be. And so I went ahead and chose this. And I promise you, when I chose the way that God wanted me to choose, things just felt lighter. It was like time was going by faster. You ever realize when you're at a location or with a person or at a job or wherever you're at, and you feel like um, literally like God's covering, God's peace is no longer with you in that particular area because uh, your expiration date was a long time ago, but you decided to stay there. You ever realize how slow time goes, how agonizing it feels? I've been with him for 10 years. Yeah, if that's how you got to say it, <laughs> uh, is it really something to brag about? I mean, I know the number is impressive, but like looking at your um your edges and the bags under your eyes emotionally, mm, doesn't seem like it was a gain, sis. Sir, yeah, that little uh surgical yarmulke that she's causing you to have in the middle of your head. Yeah, the, the cream feeling is coming out, sir. Uh, you been with her how long? Yes, since high school. Oh. <laughs> so you, what you really are trying to, she put you through it since high school. Oh, okay, I just want to be clear because I don't want you to stunt for the ground when you're talking to me. <laughs> don't, don't do it. As the uh, deacon said, Drake, uh, please don't do it, okay? Um, but, yeah, it feels agonizing. It Agonizing. It really does. And I realized you ever get to a point in your life that you get to the other side of that and you're like, I don't know how I stayed five more minutes extra. How dare I? If I knew then what I know now, oh my goodness. And then you just really look at the former you like, poor baby. You you thought that you was uh in the trenches for a cause, huh? 
Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But the litmus test to you being in the trenches and God calls you to be there is that you don't feel the elements. I truly believe that. I truly believe that he gives you, it's going to be cliche, but he gives you the grace for your race. He really does. And if you don't have the grace for it, then potentially you, sh- you probably are in somebody else's shoes or somebody else's lane. You may want to check down on your feet and make sure that that's your size, your calling, and how God wants you to run. Okay? I don't care what your aunties and them said. I don't care what the person that you admire recommended. At this point, are you running the way that God asks you to run? Okay? You a runner. You a track star. Okay, but but is that what he wants for you? Okay? I mean, I'm just trying to trying to get to the bottom of it. I have now, at these particular coordinates in my, of my life, have realized the faster that I let something go, the faster that I just go ahead and just flow with it, the easier the situation is. When they told me the price of what the repairs was going to be, I just looked up. I was like, God, you heard that? Okay. Because you supply all the needs. So I'm not even about to fret about it. <laughs> I have nothing to say. God has come through too many times financially for me to be fretting on any current or future surprise bill. Surprise to me, but not to my dad. So somebody knew so, and I'm covered. Period. That's just how that goes. God has done too many great things for me, for me to get to any current or future situations and be question marky. That was the one thing that I despised about the Israelites. It was like, did you forget the Red Sea? Like, God has never split a whole sea for anybody. Just enough space for you to go ahead and walk across however long it took you for your enemies to then drown in it. Like, bro, did you forget that? Let me explain something to you. I would have walked away untouchable. You would have had to text me before you even greeted me. You understand? I'm I'm telling you, that would have had me like, bro, do you know what God do for me? Like, I know the Bible says he don't have no favorites, but you may want to check again. I think my name is next to the text. I ain't going to hold you. Um, Look at the footnotes. My name is there because I got to be his favorite. He's going to do all that for me. And so if he did it for somebody else, if he did it for anybody else that you can read about, that you know about, how dare you in a current position, in a current time, forget what he, what he does, not what he did, what he does. Maybe that's your problem. You look at God like he's past tense, like that was the before him. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Did you forget? Because I didn't forget. And that's the whole thing about, listen, lose how you look at something. If he's saying to go ahead and let go of something, let it go. So I no longer choose that something has to go exactly according to my plan in order for me to be peace peaceful my peace is not contingent on my plan when somebody a long long time ago was trying to teach me how to swim don't you dare laugh because I can hear you okay I just want to make sure when somebody was trying to teach me how to swim and I was looking at how they were floating and I've always been a real a a woman of a certain height okay that's why you got to keep me in three feet and I've always been a lightweight that's why I was always girl you should model have a nice day leave me alone and the person who was teaching me the instructor instructor she was a heavy set woman but this woman was floating in water in the middle of the deep feet she was shorter than me and she was heavier than me and I was like how are you doing that so she came over to the three feet where I was comfortable and she said to me you're too tense 
the more that you just relax, the more that you're able to float. And I was like, oh, okay. As I held on to the side of the pool and let one of my toes stay on the bottom of the pool and let the other leg just go ahead. She was like, yeah, um, you got to let. I was like, oh, okay. So then I held on to the side of the pool and I let both legs, you know, you can see my big toes, so both of them are here. But guess what? The strain in this neck for trying to hold it up I'm trying to make you think that I'm, she was like, yeah. So let me get you a, um, a paddle, <laughs> a noodle, a noodle. She tried a whole bunch of different props. But what the thing that kept me from floating was that I was just tense. And I'm starting to see that that is the exact replica in other areas of my life. I look at my husband. Ooh, I love that man. And sometimes I get a little angry sometimes. I'm like, sir, can you, can you, can you feel something? Okay. Can you say, man, this is crazy. Complain. Uh, Get excited. He is the most even killed person I've ever met in my life. The most, and he has brought such value to my life because of that. Because I come from a very loud New York talking family that when they excited, they talk like this. And when they mad, they talk like this. And if you was eavesdropping, then you could not tell which is which. See, I backed away from the phone so you wouldn't be like, oh, bro, my eardrum. But do you understand what I'm saying? Very theatrical, very dramatic, very all the things. Not so much with my husband. So I have learned Literally two things. You get to choose how you go through a situation. You're going to go through it with your idea and you're like, I need peace. And in order for me to have peace, people are going to treat me this way. I'm going to be respected all the time. I'm going to be now. Now, do not hear me. Get close to the phone. Do not hear me say all of a sudden you got to be a chump. Okay, because one thing I won't be for Christ is a chump because he knew he didn't raise that kind of grandbaby. Okay, Christ know that if anything, I'm Compton with Sib. I'm all the gangs. You understand? But because you got to stand for something. But when you make it where you're trying to be a teacher to everyone who crossed your path, it's too much. Isn't it much easier that you look at somebody and like, oh, you have a respect issue. Oh, then you won't be in communication with me because I'm not going to keep correcting you. I'm not going to keep checking you. You know how much energy that takes? I'm not doing it. Oh, if you can't respect the fact that I don't scream and curse when I'm upset, then you just won't be on my phone. You know the block party, the block list that occurs on my phone? It is kingdom scroll. You want to join? Because you'll have company. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm going to have a conversation or two maximum with an adult. And then after that, you've made the choice to disregard what I told you my need was. So if you disregard my need, then I disregard the need to have you in my life. Isn't that way more peaceful and yet powerful than being like, hold on, let me call you back because I'm about to tell such and such. Why? Why Why? Why you, why you want to waste a little bit of deodorant because you had to teach somebody? Mm-mm. No, uh, everybody gets, now I'm not saying being cut off.com backslash everybody, but I'm saying everybody gets the chance to go ahead and accept what you're saying that you need or reject it. And if you reject it, you know what? I hate that you chose that, but now you're giving me a different set of options to choose from as far as it comes to the proximity that you'll be in my life. 
You can care about something and not invest all your emotions into it. Do you see the difference in that? This entire conversation is leading down to one theme, which is going to be your challenge. Lose it. Lose whatever it is that is preventing you from having the life that God wanted you to have. This thing that we read, John 10.10, describes life as rich, as satisfying, as abundant, to the full. And I want all of that. That is how I look at that. That's a promise. <laughs> That's a de- God gave me that down payment for me to live that in this life. When G- whatever Jesus did, exactly what Jesus did on Calvary, all those gruesome things that he had to go through, that was the down payment for me to have abundance. And I dare not waste my brother Jesus's down payment on just any kind of living. I'm not doing it. He already paid that price so that I may live a life and live it more abundantly. Do you understand that? All right, listen. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, okay? Who else is going to um, see their own tea brewing, okay? Pour you some and then sip it with you. Who? 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 I'll be an owl for Christ. Who? Exactly. So don't at me. But um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Uh, I was eating before I called you, but this was so heavy on my heart that I said I got to speak to you. And that's just how it's going to work out. So uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Later. <laughs>